This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm Robin Hilton from NPR Music. I'm here with contributor Kiana Faircloth. Hey, Robin. Editorial director for member station WRTI, Nate Chinin. Hey there, Robin. And NPR Music Editor Sheldon Pierce. Hello, Robin. It's New Music Friday, and we're looking at the best releases out now on May 5th. We've got new ones this week from Y Music, Emily King, and more. But we start with the singer known as Q. His debut album is called Soul Present. This is the opening cut, Welcome to Soul Present. It's felt like Q Marsden has sort of been on the verge for a while now. He was a bit of a pandemic breakout sensation, as a lot of young artists coming into their own in 2023 are. He's a nostalgist. He has cited Earth, <laughs> Wind, and Fire as an inspiration. He has a very distinct vibe that is sort of a world away from the more conventional R&B stuff of the moment. He's drawn specifically to the 70s and 80s. But soul present, like he's really committing to the bit on this record. Um, it's sort of shamelessly nostalgic, but like robust. And it's like when it feels good, it, it feels good. And this is a dance record that really sort of revels in like a joyous analog time. I mean, like when today erupts into its like squelching baseline, it feels like the best Isley Brothers stuff like that. It, he's really channeling that kind of stuff. And it feels really great. It's so crisp, yeah. right? Like the production. And it reminds me not only of, of the things that you mentioned, but also, you know, Quincy Jones in that early 80s yeah. moment where you're just you're able to marshal both organic sounds and then a very particular kind of synthetic sound in harmony. And it all is just in the service of the party. This was my first real good feeling of Q and what he does. And from the opening track, I felt vibes of like MJ meets Sherelle and Alexander O'Neill on, you know, Saturday Love kind of thing. And for me... It just makes me feel like he was absolutely born in the wrong decade. And I feel like that all the time myself, so I can relate there. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, if it were like 1984, he'd be filthy rich, right? I mean, and he, he'd, be, he'd be all over the radio and MTV. And he's so talented on Stereo Driver, which is a track that he produced himself. We were talking about Prince, and now we hear that all over him, and Duran Duran, and so many others. And it's just bringing back so many great memories for me of being in the car, riding in the Chevette, legs burning in the summertime <laughs> on those leather seats. And so he's bringing all those memories back for me. <laughs> Well, I have a question for you all about that evocation because we're, we're in 2023, right? So 1983 was 40 years ago. Yeah. I wonder where do you place this, you know, in, in comparison to some of the other uncanny evocations of, you know, of past music? Because it seems like he's doing something that's not a pastiche per se. As you said, Sheldon, he really did commit to the bit. Um, <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder how you place this on that spectrum. Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels much more of the artist itself than, say, the stuff of, like, Silk Sonic. Silk mm -hmm. Sonic, to me, feels like a clear, like, performance of the past. I feel like Q has sort of embodied that style in a way that has made it his own. Maybe it's because the lyrics in these records are so, like, deeply personal and, and vulnerable and expressive in a way that feels like it's pouring out of him and not like he's trying to connect the cables of two eras. There's another recent record, the, the Jesse Ware record from last week, that I think does this really well, that mm -hmm. is thinking about songs of the past as a framework to create new music and not as a means to simply like revisit the vibes of the past. This is a record that's so clearly it's in love with that sound and wants to use it as a means to experience something new, which I think is awesome. Nate, you used the word crisp to describe it earlier. And, and honestly, that is uh, exactly what drove me absolutely out of my mind back in the 80s when this sound was so ubiquitous. It sounded at the time to me so sanitized and so soulless, like it lacked this human element. Ever, the edges were so polished and so sharp, you know. And, and I, I kind of thought at the time, you know, maybe it's because we've got all these new tools to make music with, like the Yamaha DX7, and we haven't figured out how to finesse them yet, or we haven't figured out, you know, we're still stuck in the conventions of the past, but we're trying to make that kind of music with these new instruments. And I think one of the things that Q does, and I've heard other artists do as they revisit this sound, it doesn't bother me as much anymore. In fact, I like it. And I think one of the reasons is he gets a little weird with it at times. You take a song like Love. I think I found it. I can't seem to stop it. The love is going crazy. I think I need to stop it. Wait, I think I found it. I can't seem to stop it. The love is going crazy. I think I need to stop it. Wait. Particularly in the vocal processing. He just kind of bends everything a little bit and warps it in, in, in interesting ways. And I think that's kind of what you were saying, Sheldon, about how he loves the sound and he wants it maybe kind of as a launching pad, but he's not just looking to recreate it completely. 100%. It's so clear that 
he has this producer's touch where he's thinking about these sounds and how to bend them to his will, how to right. make them do weird and, and interesting things. It's funny because his label for a long time was marketing him as like soul and acoustic pop as this like broad label that is so clearly an attempt to be like, hey, we don't know how to define this guy. He's, yeah. he's really stretching the limits of this sound. All right, so that's the singer known as Q. His debut album out now on May 5th is called Soul Present. Also out today is a new one from the New York-based artist Emily King. It's called Special Occasion. This is the song Metal. Well, who's in the mood for an affirmation? Um, right. Because this whole album functions in that register. Um, it's full of affirmations to the self, affirmations to a partner. And, you know, this track, Metal, is a, a perfect example of just like, I am going to dap myself and make myself feel good in this moment. There are all these rich little musical details in the in the songwriting and the production on this album on metal you know there's a really delicious moment where you just hear an ascending major scale and it's just the simplest it's like you could just picture like a child sitting at a piano keyboard and just like playing those tones you know just right up the scale and it's just this perfect encapsulation of the idea of like, I don't need to do anything spectacular to deserve this shine. Like, yeah. I am I am just inhabiting it, you know. But I do think that there's, um, that track is a little misleading. Most of this album inhabits a, a slightly more, uh, like a quieter mode. Sometimes it feels like I'm the only girl in the world who's not been kissed. Sometimes it There's actually a song here titled Who Wants My Love, in which Emily, basically, you, you just picture someone with arms open saying, like, here I am. Like, why is no one accepting what I'm trying to give? You know, and so I felt so like that was the other side of the coin on this record. Right. Yeah. You say, you know, it is a lot of affirmations on this. But on that one, 
It's sort of the opposite. There's there's seeds of doubt, self-doubt in that, I thought. Well, you think about affirmation and, and it's almost like you can talk about it in terms of supply or demand, you know? <laughs> and so, so why would you need affirmation? Well, perhaps it's because there's this like deep yearning, you know, and the idea of a need that's not being met. Um, so I, I'm really enchanted by this album. For me, I've been a fan of Emily King for years. Emily just has a way with the song and draws you in with such relatable lyrics. And she really had me at the opening track this year. feel like, like you said, Nate, you know, this album is one of those albums that's going to be on everybody's New Year, New Me playlist. Mm -hmm. And with that track in particular, when Emily says this year is going to be about me, never will I ever have another reason to doubt me this year. I think Emily's going to get so many folks with that song in particular and the entire album as a whole. I think we've all been waiting for it. Yeah, it is sort of interesting that the softness of a lot of these tracks sort of speaks to like the understated sort of like nurturing aspect of, mm -hmm. of romantic love in a lot of these cases. Uh, the, there are no sort of grand gestures. There are no really like big outsized feelings. This is not like pop romance, right? This is something much subtler much more face-to-face -face, uh, sort of intimacy to this record. You have to lean in a little bit closer, and, and it feels sort of really, really refreshing in that way. Emily King is the artist. Their new album out today is called Special Occasion. We've also got a new one today from the jazz group Artemis. It's called In Real Time. This is the song Empress Afternoon. This is Artemis's sophomore effort coming three years after the release of their self-titled debut. And I feel like it further establishes their prowess as both individuals and as a collective, really solidifying them as what I describe as a femme fatale supergroup. <laughs> I mean, killing. They are the founding members, were, of course, pianist and musical director Rini Rosnes along with trumpeter Ingrid Jensen, Narika Ueda on the bass, and Allison Miller on the drums, you heard her there. But it also welcomes newcomers, two saxophonists on tenor sax, Nicole Glover, joined by Alexa Tarantino on the alto. She also plays soprano and the flute on this record. So it's really bringing in, you know, these established, well-established musicians, along with 
bringing along these newcomers and it really gets the newcomers to establish themselves compositionally on this work. They're exploring some of their own original tunes and showcasing one another on them and also bringing along tunes from greats like the late great Wayne Shorter with Penelope. There's a reimagining of that one. But they bring new life into it. I feel like Wayne Shorter, you know, we just lost him not too long ago. And I feel like Artemis does an outstanding job with their rendition. Yeah, there's such a a shared sense of both the canon and like a set of procedures and and like a set of moves that comes from that tradition. You know, especially Wayne Shorter. Every musician in this ensemble is so fluent in that language and I'm struck by how much this feels like a, a really contemporary collective endeavor. But at the same time, it to me, it feels absolutely rooted in the legacy of the label they're on. You know, it's like this is like 100 percent a blue note modern jazz album. And it was it was interesting to me, too. Uh, Kiana, you meant you mentioned the Femme Fatale supergroup. When I reviewed this album for WRTI, I I made a decision not to even refer to them as an all-women ensemble because to me it feels like that is like bullet point number four or five when you're talking about this album because the level of just sheer excellence both in the, the compositions and as you say the group cohesion and the individual solo exertions like it's it's all just on such a high level. Yeah, everybody sort of loves the idea of a supergroup in any capacity that that sort of brings fans to their feet. But so often the thing is often better in theory than in practice. Like talent in Moss, it's nothing without compatibility and an all-star team up is nothing without coordination. And one of the best things about Artemis is that it feels so interconnected. It feels so much like a collective. It doesn't suffer from too many cooks, even as they're shuffling their read section. I mean, you get into timber, it's so insanely groovy. The quiet storm of whirlwind, like, it seems like it could burst any second, but then it retreats back into itself. Um, And then, I mean, we heard Empress Afternoon, there's a moment in there that feels like it's its own sort of drumline solo. It's just filled with these moments of individual brilliance that turn out to build out this big structural um, thing that is so propulsive and so powerful and so interesting. It's beautiful, you know, as you sort of alluded to, they make way for each other on this record in a way that feels like, uh, I'm going to support my fellow player here. Like on Alexa Tarantino's composition, Whirlwind, where she really lets Rainy Rossness shine. I mean, her fingers just kind of take flight. I think it's beautiful the way they've chosen to, you know, feature each other in a very subtle yet I've got my sister's back sort of way. 
All right, that's the jazz group Artemis with a new album out now on May 5th called In Real Time. We've got a few other albums out today that we also want to talk about this week, but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit Bluehost.com. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares why Betterment believes cash can be a strategic choice. There are times when the market is volatile, when customers are a little nervous about investing. We came to understand that there was an opportunity to introduce cash as part of an investing strategy and to give back yields to the customer. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research. Uh, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. It's NPR's New Music Friday. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Kiana Faircloth, Nate Chinin, and Sheldon Pierce, and we're looking at the best releases out now on May 5th, including this incredible new album from the rapper Billy Woods and producer Kenny Siegel. It's called Maps. This is the song Soft Landing. Excuse me. Uh, on those drinks? It's 2-1-1 on the daiquiris. It ruins the whole day when my baby mother mad at me. Spliff could probably jump your car battery. Birds of paradise in the menagerie. A single death is a tragedy, but eggs make omelets. Statistics, how you look at war casually. Killing is one thing, what sticks is how casually. Nonchalant, five in the morning, what I grew up on. God bless this sweet home, my beloved haunt. One, two, four, blue stone crouched on thin haunch. While I get dome from the living, conch fritters crisping in the kitchen. Grew Garden prison, my own warden, celly and superintendent. Flaunt, flagrant disassociation, dissonant cadence. Free political dissidents from their cages. But leave them open, we got lists of names, pages and pages. When want to waste the space the previous regime gave us. This message is to inform you your service will be suspended for non-payment. Midnight ravers, head in the loud clouds, both feet on the fucking pavement. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on, you know how I feel. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Yeah, Billy Woods is one of rap's greatest ever writers, and he's yeah. also sort of one of its most enigmatic figures. He hides his face constantly, but it seems like that is in service of his music as well, this idea of separating the persona from the work itself. Some may know him as one half of the duo Arm & Hammer with the Brooklyn Knight Elucid, um, but he's been penning pithy raps for 20 years now. 
as he told the Oxford American, he's always wanted to find ways to say something that is true, meaningful, or funny, or all three. His music bears out a sort of interesting origin story. He's the son of professors, and as a child, he grew up in Zimbabwe as his father worked on the local government after it had separated itself from the white supremacist state. And you can hear that sort of conscious, like civic-minded, politically forward, very pro-Black message sort of spanning his entire work. And it's fitting that the sequel to his first album with Kenny Siegel, Hiding Places, is called Maps. Um, It feels like they have really, truly found something. It's the best music he's ever made. At times, it's jazzy. FaceTime is not that far outside of the realm of the stuff the guys on Griselda are doing. But then you have a record like Waiting Around with Ace of Rock, which is like a meeting of the minds that I didn't even know I needed. MCs from like two different dimensions meeting somewhere <laughs> outside of space-time. Uh, a hundred hours of balsam and cedar away who followed a leader who ain't just follow procedure, I'm saying. I'm saying I was called to the ether, be a receiver, not a piece of me is drawn to the theater. I was drawn in pain, recording songs in my bedroom, stuff I could never have conjured inside some alternate venue when you was For a long time, he was sort of content to exist off to the side in his own space. But this record to me feels like a statement record. Indeed. Like you mentioned, the depth and delivery of his lyrics for me really soared far above the production. And I feel like it's done that way intentionally. As you mentioned, you know, he's the product of professors. I think his dad was like a Marxist writer. I absolutely appreciated the reference to Nina Simone's feeling good on soft landing and the jazz that's really, you know, permeating throughout the record on Baby Steps with the Lucid and Benjamin Booker. You know, you can hear, you know, the jazz and the influence that has had on his music as well. I appreciated, you know, the record and the production and all the thought that went into it for that reason. Yeah, deeper I got into this record, when I thought of the lyricism, the infusion of jazz, the ambition and reach of the production, a lot of the conceptual elements and the storytelling, I thought, is it reasonable to to mention this in the same breath as Damn? You know, like, are, are we at that level with this? I really do think he is in that same sphere of writer. His stuff is so dense so layered one thing i think about this record though is he moves slightly towards the center there's stuff on his previous records where you might have to listen four or five or six times until you can completely unpack everything that is happening and even the span of a few bars but i think this record is a little bit more direct i want to go back to what you mentioned earlier that his sense of humor I laughed out loud at several moments when I was listening to this album. There's this cut called Soundcheck that has Quelly Chris on it. I will not be in Soundcheck. I will not be in the green room if it's too lit. Could be at the local Greasy Spoon or Szechuan establishment. Caught y'all by Marriott bathroom blowing marijuana through the vents. Shower on, weed sauna. I will not be in Soundcheck, but I might check in to keep them honest. I reserve the right. Is it rap beef or is it on site? This is the email I want to send. I will not be at the all-staff meeting. I reserve the right to not be at the all-staff meeting. You know, but then later on in this cut, he talks about once the show starts, he's like blowing it. He's like, he's forgetting his lyrics and things. It's like, maybe you should have gone to soundcheck. (laughs) 
one of the year's best albums. I think it's going to be everywhere at the at the end of the year when everyone's making their list. Expect to see this one. Billy Woods along with Kenny Siegel. The album is called Maps. Let's go next to the Experimental Chamber Ensemble, Why Music. They've got a new self-titled album out today on May 5th. This is the song Three Elephants. <laughs> So if you have been paying attention to the Brooklyn indie rock scene over the last decade, you have certainly encountered Y Music. But, you know, they've popped up in so many other places. And I think for most people, the likeliest point of contact would be Paul Simon. They were featured on several tracks on his album In the Blue Light. And um, there's, uh, you know, clips of them performing with him on Saturday Night Live. Um, so all of this is establishing them as, you know, sort of the go-to chamber ensemble for eclectic singer-songwriter types. They're just such great collaborators, and they're able to shapeshift and stretch and just kind of go there. What makes this album distinct is that they are, you know, very consciously saying, we want to take full center spotlight, shine it on ourselves and on our work and on our own musical creations. And it's very clear throughout this album that they have not only the the chops and the resources to do so, but there's a really distinctive group sound that Y Music has, and they write toward that sound. And it captures the thing that they do so well, which is this sort of confluence of an atmospheric, maybe mildly quirky, soundtracky indie sensibility with like a pretty serious contemporary new music aesthetic.
yeah, I mean, Nate, let's call this record what it is. It's a flex, man. They've, <laughs> they're saying, it's a flex. <laughs> they're saying not only uh, can we be bit players, but we can compose ourselves too. We can make great music on our own. I mean, as a lapsed high school chamber musician myself, I love Y music. It's sort of pushed the the genre limits as an avant classical music unit that maintains its technical expertise. Soundtracky does feel like the right word, Nate, but I love how small and self-contained the music is. It's plucking and squeaking and wheezing, but it features the little details so prominently in a way that really does feel atmospheric, as you put it, Nate. I think soundtracky is a reasonable word to throw around when you talk about this music, but to be fair, it's not a Marvel movie. Right. I mean, it's 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 the art house film that has gotten under your skin and will not let you go because you can't stop thinking about it. I mean, focus, focus features, focus features. Right. Yeah. A24. Nate, I love how you said they have a sound that they are writing toward and they really have their own language. And I think, you know, that's something that I love about them. Or you take like the London Contemporary Orchestra or even Cronus Quartet, you know, they are all so deeply, profoundly skilled at what they do that they've transcended all the conventions that they that they were trained in, right? Yeah. And they've formed this whole new language of their own that they speak so fluently with each other. And, and when they collaborate with someone, they find a way to communicate that with them too and elevate everybody. This also arrives at what I feel is a really promising moment for chamber ensembles, <laughs> you know? Chamber music is a language in active evolution, and it's in dialogue with the Taylor Swifts and the Paul Simons. And, you know, Rob Moose, the violinist in this ensemble, actually appears on the Emily King album that we talked about a moment ago. So, I mean, they're just, they've got their fingers in a lot of different areas. And this album, you know, while being a flex, it's also just a reflection of that vibrancy, that kind of bleed across whatever genre demarcations we still acknowledge. All right, that's Why Music, the experimental chamber group, Why Music. Their new album is self-titled. And before we wrap up this week's show, let's just take a minute to flag some of our personal favorites out today. Kiana, we'll start with you. Well, my lightning round pick this week goes to Duran Jones from his album, Wait Till I Get Over. It ain't easy trying to give when it seems all the world can do is take this album is sort of an origin story for him. It's about his hometown of Hillarytown, Louisiana, which is a town that was founded by slaves who received it as reparations after the Civil War. And this record is filled with elements of soul. You got folk in there, rock. You hear some spirituals with hints of Zydeco and sort of this swamp stomp. It feels like old school R&B meets new school soul. Sheldon. My lightning round pick is Rough Magic by Roomful of Teeth. People think about vocal groups, they think pitch perfect style acapella, they think the world of pentatonics. But this vocal group 
is constantly thinking about the dimensions of language and sound, how to reshape and even warp them. It's a record that really makes you rethink the usage of voice across records and how they make almost anything possible. Nate, my pick is Magos Herrera, Air. Magos Herrera is a Mexican vocalist and composer and very fluent in the jazz tradition, but also pulling from a number of folkloric traditions. And on this album, she collaborates with a a string orchestra and it's just absolutely beautiful. And then like at the center of it all, this richly textured voice. And I'll just mention the new album from the hip-hop duo Atmosphere. It's called So Many Other Realities Exist Simultaneously. It's gonna be alright. It'll be okay. I think that needs to be established for all of us that are easily distracted and patiently waiting for that American dream. Staring at the cracked screen of my anti-fax machine. Crash landed where the woke intersect with the exhausted. They asked if I'm depressed. I don't doubt it. I was told it all began as a quest for some knowledge. Progress after you process the conflict. I'll be okay. And if I got one wish, I'd probably waste it trying to make myself an optimist. It's ironic because because most of my thoughts are positive just hop in the whip i promise not to drive off of the cliff these guys slug and ant they've been putting music out for more than 25 years now this new album it has so much life it's particularly joyful like right out of the gate it gets progressively more challenging and i don't mean challenging like hard to listen to but just a lot of weighty stuff to think about some really powerful storytelling and wordplay, and it's all informed by, well, basically everything we've all been going through for the last several years now. But the things that have been pulling us apart, uh, this is one of my favorite records of the week. So many other realities exist simultaneously from Atmosphere. And that's it for this week's New Music Friday. My thanks to Kiana Faircloth, Nate Chinin, and Sheldon Pierce. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having fun. You can hear full versions of all the songs we featured on this episode, along with a bunch of other great new music that came out this week in our expanded New Music Friday playlists. Just search for NPR and Apple Music or Spotify. If you want a list of what we played on the show for reference, it's in the description of this episode in your podcast feed. And as always, the best way to stay in touch and keep up with all the latest from NPR Music is to sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can do that at npr.org slash music newsletter. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music. Okay. Okay. I think I'm feeling all right. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Lisa. Good sleep should come naturally. 
And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Visit lisa.com to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Okay, close your eyes for a second. Now imagine you're on your dream vacation. No work calls to answer, no text messages to respond to, just your suitcase and an opportunity. The opportunity to just take yourself out of your routine and travel deeper. How to actually take that dream trip. That's on the Life Kit Podcast from NPR.